0: I'm Mark Russell from Elevate Publishing in Boise, Idaho, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dallamore.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallamore. A longer than expected vacation. Episode four hundred sixty-eight. The vibe It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Everybody, joined by the lovely, talented other host of the program. Feeling better, Brittany Page.
0: I am. I am feeling better. Thank you. I received a lot of very kind messages, and I appreciate it very much.
1: It's a weird thing when you uh, when you get sick um it's like it's like bizarro world
0: why because
1: you don't get sick
0: well i get sick it's just what happens when i get sick is i normally power through the life and i continue. why is it gotta be
1: why does it eat automatically <laughs> and immediately have to be something to shit on me
0: how is that shitting on you i'm just stating you know, a fact
1: everybody knows i'm just stating a fact everyone knows and more importantly i know <laughs> what you're doing
0: I well, you're
1: creating, you're juxtaposing. You know me better
0: than I know myself. Apparently,
1: (laughs) um, I would not deny that.
0: (laughs) Oh, but I'm I'm glad. Good times,
1: even though this is off to a rocky start. Episode four hundred sixty-eight. Yeah, I'm glad that you're back and you're feeling good. You you uh you weren't feeling. You were. It was bad news.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. It was not good. And
1: especially right after the holidays.
0: Yeah, well, and I will say or the
1: holiday
0: something that wasn't helping was this trailer that they keep playing on CNN. I don't even know if it's a CNN documentary, but it I, I think it might be a vice documentary about the ayahuasca.
1: I haven't seen it
0: where they it's in Kentucky where people do ayahuasca in Kentucky.
1: Really? I thought that was like a, a South America thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So apparently they're doing it in Kentucky. But Hmm. this trailer is just a montage of people violently vomiting.
1: Yeah, that does not seem like a good time. Just
0: violently everywhere. (laughs) It's... It The trailer is very horrific. I don't understand why they show that, because it doesn't really incentivize the viewer yeah, to maybe. want to go track it down. Well, maybe
1: that's the point of the documentary. Maybe they're trying to... It's a scared straight kind of a situation.
0: Yeah, but I would assume like, that they... You know,
1: this is your brain on drugs, but this is your body on ayahuasca. I'm just yeah. puking. Yeah.
0: Well, Again, I would assume that the trailer is supposed to drive people to want to check out the documentary. Oh, to at least watch
1: it, right? Right. Right,
0: And it just shuts me down because vomiting is my least favorite life experience, and I, I don't. No, I think <laughs> I, it's it's one of the worst things you can experience. Yeah, I. Would I agree don't want to watch it on TV. I don't want to hear about it.
1: I th- I think that's a common. You're, you're not alone in that emotion.
0: That it's my least favorite Yeah, no, well,
1: th- that it's just an unpleasant... People don't like to puke.
0: Yeah, I think that people don't like it. But I think I don't like it more than the average person.
1: Well, <laughs> well how is that?
0: I don't know. I just... I feel like I'm dying when I'm vomiting. Like... I start crying, even if everybody
1: it's... feels like they're dying when they're puking. So
0: everyone feels like they're dying and they're crying and they're like panicking well, I when don't, they're vomiting. I don't,
1: well, I don't know about panic. But I, like I Again. Don't, I don't, listen, here's the deal. Let me say when I'm puking, I'll lay down. I don't care if it's a dirty ass truck stop Chevron bathroom. I'll lay my face directly on the toilet seat because in that moment when you're puking, it doesn't matter. And I think that's a commonly held people just I've slept on bathroom floor, just right <laughs> on the floor. Just well who cares, man. No, you haven't. One hundred percent. Wow. Being that's sick.
0: Really disturbing. So I guess that we <laughs> we differ on that because even though I feel terrible and I hate it, I would never. <laughs> it
1: sounds like you love it. I would
0: never lay down on the bathroom. See, floor. that
1: means you love it.
0: Yeah, it I means guess. It,
1: that it's Disneyland. Yeah. and vomiting.
0: It must be my favorite life experience. I forgot. <laughs> I got that wrong.
1: <laughs> that's a weird thing about the ayahuasca, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know a lot about it. Because, a well, that's a,
1: that's a. I think Anthony Bourdain did a thing where he went down and it was one of those like travel show kind of a things. Maybe it wasn't him. And he did it? I don't remember, but I've seen a couple things about it, mm-hmm. and that's a prominent feature. Yeah. And you know, all these hippy-dippy types, they'll, well, that's when you start getting in touch with your blah, 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 is when you're expelling the
2: blah.
1: It's just all this weird talk. But well, it's just a hallucinogen, and you're ingesting a thing that a poison in the body, and the body's like, "Oh, hey, whoa, well, nope, that's no good. We need to, uh, we need to reboot. We need to get that shit out of here and restart."
0: Yeah, it just sounds like
1: shrooms do the same thing. Where you, you go through a period where you're a little puky, and you gotta ma- maintain so you don't puke. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's not like ayahuasca where it's because it's not just the puking with ayahuasca. It's
0: Yeah, they were showing... It's both ends. Again, this trailer is... It's violent. (laughs) (laughs) It is very concerning. I am... No, thank you. No, thank you. Yes. (laughs) That is based on the trailer. Don't want to watch the documentary. (laughs) Don't want to... No. Yeah. No.
1: A lot of puking.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So Thanksgiving was good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was great. It was good.
1: Had a good time.
0: hmm
1: Had uh, some family in town. Yeah. Did a little uh, little L.A. sightseeing.
0: Yeah. We took a news break as well.
1: A little bit of a news break. Mm-hmm. Impossible the latter half of the break. Yes,
0: for we'll sure. We'll get to all of that. Mm-hmm.
1: But it was a good time. It's it's nice to kind of take a, a respite mm-hmm. from the insanity, which we don't often do. And... uh it's nice t- to take a little respite from the from the onslaught, from the constant goings on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, like especially when you follow the molar probe and everything, th- th- they're, they have lives too, so they're not working on Thanksgiving and going through. All the courts are closed, so there's not going to be news drops. I kind of ex- did, did expect something to come out after the holidays, but not this closely after the holidays, and certainly not the magnitude of the thing that hit, so... Anyway, we'll we'll get to all of that. Um, We are happy to be back, back on a normal schedule. If you are a Patreon supporter of the particular tier that you need to be in, tonight and tomorrow, uh, Friday and Saturday, are going to be our Patreon hangout calls minutes before, merely moments before we go live on the Zoom call. uh, You'll get an email. Mm Kind of jumped the gun talking about it, but I wanted to get it out of the way early.
2: Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we appreciate you guys. It's nice to be back. Thanks for all of your your kind words for the lovely and talented Brittany Page. Screw me, I guess. I, I don't need any of that.
0: Oh, you weren't sick. When you get sick next oh, week. Oh, I
1: was really sick. I just powered through. Yeah. I'm just a super strong, tough guy.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Let's get to one piece of very relevant, because it's topical at the very moment, uh, listener okay. communication. And we'll move on with the program.
3: Hey, friends. It's Team Ian. Um, I'm calling because uh, I want to express my solidarity with a hero. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. Uh, Laura Loomer (laughs) chaining herself to the Twitter door Um, (laughs) with a yellow star David that says Yuda on it. I mean... She's the queen. What can I say? <laughs> she she has triggered the libs. Mm. She is fighting for her. It is incredible. There is no better. Someone said this, and I like when when she threatened to piss herself. It's like there is no better uh, image of conservatives in twenty eighteen than that. It also rules that they conservative Twitter has been having a meltdown that people would dare mention us. Tear gassing migrant children as being similar to when we didn't let Jews in pre-Holocaust. They're like, that is a disgusting comparison. How dare you go. Well, the Holocaust was a unique historical thing. And then Laura Loomer literally wears the Yuda star David. And they're like, well, yeah. Thank God someone was brave enough. (laughs) So anyway, I'm pouring one out for her. Uh, hope you guys are well. Cheers. Bye.
1: Pouring one out for her.
0: Yeah, this was pretty fascinating. Laura Loomer, of course, is a far-right goofball online. Yeah, she's and- like the
1: female version of Mike Cernovich.
0: Yes. Kind of, she, yeah. she
1: runs in that crowd, too.
0: Yeah, that's a very She's the accurate. one that the
1: auctioneer congressman... You know, trying to sell the phone when she was disrupting the hearing.
0: Right, so Twitter permanently banned her. That's what this is all about.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of a saga where she got temporarily banned and then she had her verified checkmark taken away and she acted like that was a human rights abuse or something yeah, she's she, really
0: <laughs> that she had her blue check mark taken away yeah
1: it was really she's throwing a fit about it like it's like it's it's censorship for her
0: yeah so <laughs> she posted about this on her website the a screenshot of the twitter message that she received she was permanently banned for violating the rules on hateful conduct after a tweet that she sent about the representative elect from minnesota um, the female Omar. The Muslim. Yeah, I forgot her first name. But she tweeted about her saying she was anti-Jewish and some other stuff like anti-Jewish that her religion was homophobic and um, advocated the abuse of women. And so that is the tweet that got her permanently banned. So
1: can I, as an aside, that's super interesting to me that Laura Loomer is Jewish. Mm-hmm. But has she read Leviticus? I mean, come on. The, Judaism is the root of both Christianity and Islam. It, it, they all It's all in the same the same palate, taste palate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's all rooted in Levitican law, which is if a man lie with another man as he lies with a woman, you take him out, and you throw rocks at his head until he's dead. Mm -hmm. it's all part of that what is she talking about that like islam is is some special thing hating gays come on she
0: she tweeted this isn't it ironic how twitter the twitter moment used to celebrate women lgbtq and minorities is a picture of congresswoman omar she is pro sharia pro fgm under sharia homosexuals are oppressed and killed women are abused and forced to wear the hijab and she's anti-jewish so that is what got her banned and uh, facebook also banned her but they only issued a temporary 30-day ban yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. so she is using this to handcuff herself to the twitter headquarters door headquarters door and she did threaten to pee her pants she said she was going to pee in her pants yeah. so She's
1: got a bullhorn with her, like one of those electronic
0: mm-hmm.
1: bullhorns. And she's she's legitimately calling, I mean, li- literally calling this a human rights abuse.
0: Yeah, that she doesn't have a Twitter. That
1: that she has been banned from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Human rights abuse while she, while she's wearing a yellow Star of David
0: mm-hmm.
1: with Juden, like a la the Holocaust, a la Hitler. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. How are you supposed to take any of her tweets seriously about other types of oppression? Well, first of when all when she's talking about being banned from Twitter being a human rights violation.
1: I would push back against Team Ian at Team Ian on Twitter, uh, because I don't think all conservatives are like, oh yeah, yep. I don't even think like mainstream credible conservatives are are siding with her and like, oh, yeah, at least someone... I mean, he's making jokes, but at least someone had the bravery to do it. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know that it is an appropriate or apt comparison of what's going on at the southern border and us turning back shiploads of Jews, hundreds of them who ended up in concentration camps killed, murdered, um exterminated by Hitler. So, I don't know.
0: But you, you, said, you said those two things aren't the same?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're the same. I, I think it, th- that is kind of a stretch of a comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know...
0: I, I don't think that people are comparing it to say it's the same. I think that people are comparing it to say, when we turned people away, they went back to a situation oh, that ended yeah. up with them dead. Sure, sure, sure. And people are coming here to find refuge they want to be safe from whatever situation they're fleeing yeah
1: that i I dig that
0: and if we send them back we could possibly be sending them back to their deaths
1: i 100 percent. i hadn't heard that comparison so i didn't know exactly in what context but yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah so (laughs) how easily Mm. a correction works there we go so (laughs) laura loomer is a ding dong
0: yeah, and I would agree because I I follow some conservative commentators um that are like
1: Moynihan and
0: <laughs> Yeah, I I yeah, I wouldn't say he's conservative but more like Bill Crystal and yeah, yeah. Tom Nichols and people like that.
1: Bill or, Crystal who's also a Jew.
0: Yeah, and so I I follow some of those people and none of those people like tweet about Laura Loomer. And if yeah. if they do they're mocking her. Yeah,
1: she's for sure fringy as even the fringe would probably be a little cringy.
0: Well, what you said comparing her to Mike Cernovich, I think is is correct. Well, there's it rumors is-
1: that they were banging. That there's a sex tape. I mean, they really are in the same circle. Those two. Well, well. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, perpetuating that rumor. I'm just saying th- they do run in, in s- so much of the same circles that that's a rumor.
0: I'm not perpetuating the rumor. I'm just saying it into the microphone that will then go into the ear holes of thousands of people. <laughs> um, anyway, she, she does run in the, in the circles with Mike Cernovich and Gavin McGinnis and, and those kinds of people. Which I, I don't think are taken seriously by the average conservative, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Things could change.
1: Things <laughs> could change. Yes. Hopefully Twitter stops abusing people's human rights and taking away their blue check marks. I Hopefully. Mean, this is the question of the ages. Mm-hmm. Question of the ages. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate it very much. If you, everybody, would like to sound off and get your voice on the record, help us move the conversation forward. We'd love to hear from you via voicemail or voice memo. It's 657-464-7609. You can also email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at All right, let's get this proverbial
3: show on the road. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore.
0: Robert Robert Patricia Patricia,
3: Patricia
0: David, David David Hannah Hannah and William
1: William
0: But wait we also
1: but wait there's more <laughs>
0: we also have a paypal supporter oh yeah daryl daryl thank you Daryl.
1: very solid yes so again patreon call is tonight and tomorrow morning um this is just going to be a one one show week sorry yeah, just how it works out.
0: Well, it happened. I got. Well, sick. you get
1: stressed out about it. I say, you. Know, everybody deserves a sick day once in a while. Inside of over five hundred episodes, we've only done this because of you twice. And what did I say? What?
0: No sick days. Yeah, you said no. It's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, but I really appreciated a, a tweet from Birch Tree, uh, who said something like. Don't overwork yourself. Take your time. You know something. Yeah. Something very kind. I was like, oh, this is very soothing for my soul. Thank Little you. Little
1: hippy dippy. Thank yes, you very me. much. Very. You don't happy. need any rest. You don't work very hard at all. Well, anyway, With your six million jobs. Your fourteen-hour days constantly.
0: So <laughs> we are going to have a Patreon call tonight, and we, if you are in the specific tier that that gets the message, look for that at eight p.m los angeles time on friday and 11 a.m on saturday that's right
1: the other way to support the show is if you're going to be shopping on amazon this holiday season we'd love for you to use our amazon affiliate link that's uh slash amazon that'll just bring you right to amazon you can buy whatever you're going to buy you don't even know anything's happening you're not going to spend anymore and if you're going to spend your money there anyway why not help your favorite show filled with the, the news
0: news
1: and ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous-ass comment. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So there's a few things we need to talk about today. One is the fact that General Motors... We're going to get to all of the Manafort stuff. We're going to get to all of the Mueller stuff. We're going to get to all of the uh, Michael Cohen stuff. But first I want to talk about this deal with General Motors. This deal where they got a sizable tenth of a billion dollar or something insane tax cut from the tax uh, reform bullshit. And now they are closing five. U.S. plants and laying off
4: like 15,000 people. The news today couldn't have come at a worse time. Just weeks now until Christmas and General Motors has now revealed it will lay off workers in Ohio, Michigan and Maryland. Thousands of jobs and at least three vehicles will no longer be made. ABC's Eva Pilgrim is in Detroit tonight.
5: Tonight, major cuts at car giant GM. Nearly 15,000 jobs eliminated a whopping 15% of the company's workforce. And all five plants slated to shut down by the end of next year, including those in Warren, Michigan, White Marsh, Maryland, Warren, Ohio and Detroit.
6: We're going to come back hard uh, and we're going to try to convince them that a modern plant uh, in an area where you can get a good workforce uh, is an asset.
5: GM citing a shift to focus more on automation and high SUV sales. The company announcing they're eliminating the low-selling Chevrolet, Cruze, Volt, and Impala cars from their roster. Today, the president not hiding his frustration with CEO Mary Barra. I
2: express the fact that I am not happy with what
5: she did.
6: That car is not selling. It's the Cruze, Chevy Cruze. It's not selling. But hopefully she's going to come back and she's going to put something. But I told her I'm not happy about it.
5: The president also asked if increased tariffs due to a trade war are to blame. No, not tariffs. That doesn't to do with tariffs. He says the car was not selling. GM acknowledges the tariffs aren't to blame for the cuts, but in June issued a stark warning that, quote, increased import tariffs could lead to a smaller GM. And tonight say the trade policy has cost them $1.4 billion.
4: So let's get to Eva. She's live in Detroit tonight. And, Eva, while nearly 15,000 jobs are being cut, as you reported there, some of those workers will be given the chance to try to relocate to other plants?
5: That's right, David. GM says it plans to expand operations in those well-performing areas. About 3,000 of those workers will be up for those
0: new positions. David?
4: Eva Pilgrim with us tonight. Thank you, Eva.
0: So just some interesting factoids, I guess.
4: I love interesting factoids,
1: Brittany. Yeah. You know me.
0: As I was saying it, (laughs) I was regretting it because it's not that interesting. But so Americans have switched their car preferences.
1: (laughs) Do you think?
0: This is a little bit of what is what is happening here with the with the GM layoffs is that Americans now prefer SUVs and pickup trucks when compared to the sedan, station wagons, hatchbacks that were previously the preferred choice. Right.
1: Well, now that gas prices aren't at like $5 a gallon like they were at a sustained period... People are fickle and they go back to the gas guzzler type of cars.
0: Mm -hmm. Based on October figures, Americans buy 5.5 million of the smaller types of cars annually compared to 12 million light trucks and sport utility vehicles. And so that is some of the background about why this is happening. But I thought it was interesting because Trump gave an interview with the Wall Street Journal and they released the transcript and they asked him about.
1: Uh, are we going to get our Trump reads? Uh, not or right Brittany now. Reads. Not right now.
0: Oh, uh, very excited. It was just fascinating because Trump can't ever take responsibility for anything. Oh, of course. Right? So even though these companies are pointing to the tariffs to say these tariffs are causing us problems, you and the policies that you have enacted are causing us problems. Right. He will not accept that. So in the interview, he tried to just say that it's just one plant in Ohio that will be closing. Obviously, in the clip that you heard there, that's not the yeah, case. Yeah,
1: five total U.S.
0: Then he tried to blame Sherrod Brown <laughs> and and say that it's the
1: senator from Ohio and say that it's
0: his fault. Democrat. And then he took issue with the fact that GM is not making better cars.
1: That Well, that could be some of it, sure.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: nothing, just not him.
0: Exactly. Um, and then he also said that it's not the tariff's fault. Right. <laughs> so he's defending the tariff <laughs> and trying to point everywhere else other than his own policies.
1: Well, this is, here's, I'm going to work through something I've been thinking about on my own. Like, just how I feel about things. Ooh. Because GM got bailed out. In 2008, when the economy collapsed, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: they
1: were bailed out. And the United States government, the people of the United States, were part owner in GM because we gave them a multi-billion dollar bailout deal. And then they slowly paid it back. Even at the moment, I was kind... And even now, I'm kind of of the, if they're not doing their job right as a company and offering products that are wanted by a consumer ship, then let them fail. I'm kind of, that's kind of where I go with it. It, I think it was how I felt about it. Then I don't know if it was because it was Obama given the deal. And I just wasn't a big Obama fan at the time. I don't know, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. I I, I have to be brought back to earth with this though. We're talking about 15,000 families who might lose their livelihood right before christmas here i mean maybe permanently lose their livelihood and that that there's a human element to this that that goes above and beyond and as far as i'm concerned is more important than whether or not GM fails because, fuck them, they can't build a good car.
0: I think it's important that you said that because that was also a point that was missed during the press conference. You know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders had her first press conference in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> and they were talking about this, but only from the standpoint of the economy. Like, they kept saying, well, the economy's going to be fine. I'm not worried about the economy. Right. And... The thing is, aren't you worried about the thousands of Americans right. that are going to lose their job? What do you wh- why are you talking about the economy? Haven't you been talking about getting Americans back to work? Ugh. Isn't that yeah, part of it too? Right.
1: Well, listen, it, it, it I understand having to look at this from a 30,000-foot kind of a macro view of the economy. If you are if that's your job and you're you're making sure that the economy Uh, is healthy from a a, a wider viewpoint. I get that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But from the administration standpoint, you can't lose sight of the fact that these are Americans, whether they be 50 or 50,000, they're Americans. 15,000 jobs may be a blip on the jobs report, but it's not a blip in the lives of these people. This is five times more people than live in my hometown in northern Idaho.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. that is seismic one person you lose your job and there's a it's a two two income family that is debilitating yeah some of these people are going to end up filing for bankruptcy some of these people who knows the the depths to which this is going to cause them to sink and never be able to get back on their feet Mm -hmm. some of these people are older and are going to find it nearly impossible to find another job mm-hmm. because they've worked there for so long, and they're just too old to go out and get another job. Because mm-hmm. employers, they say, oh, what are you, you're 58? Eh. Why? Why futz around with uh, hiring someone who's that old when you could get somebody who's 28 and could be potentially there for their for their career? Yeah. So um, I- I'm... I'm bothered by the ineptitude of GM because they failed their workers as well. But I'm I'm for sure bothered by uh, Donald Trump and and the the tariffs because that is what caused this. Now in the clip they said that GM's not blaming the tariffs, but what would you do as a CEO if you knew that a bailout or some kind of a tax package or some kind of incentives or subsidies? Uh, That could come from the executive branch would likely not come your way if you started blaming the policies of the administration. You're sure going to um, uh, use language that is deferential or at least not damning of the policymaker. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows everyone knows you got to kiss a little ass with Donald Trump. You have to ingratiate yourself to him. You have to to shower him with praise.
0: Well, even if uh, GM isn't willing to directly point to the tariffs, Ford is pointing to the tariffs. Yeah. And in October, just last month, Fortune reported that they were planning to potentially lay off workers as well. And Ford CEO asserted that the company had lost 1 billion due to the tariffs on imported steel and aluminum and that those tariffs were the reason for laying off employees.
1: Right. And this is what we called, we called this, we talked, well, not just us, everybody with a clear thinking vision of the future and an understanding of even a a rudimentary understanding of economics and trade knows that so uh, what, what I'm trying to guard against is saying that this is an unintended consequence. This isn't an unintended consequence of this policy. Everyone fucking knew this was going to happen. And now it's happening. And they're, oh, no, 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 the Tariffs? No, it's not the tariffs. It's they can't sell the Chevy Cruze.
0: And so I guess... What's important about the argument that you're making, which is focusing on the human component, is that a lot of these conservative commentators on Fox News, for example, that defend the president at all costs, regardless of what he does, they are failing many of the people who watch their shows, support them, also support the president, because they're not giving them the information that they need to make an informed decision about how to... Vote for people next time that will not put these kinds of policies in place that make their life more difficult. Yeah, and you can listen to Donald Trump talk about putting America back to work all day long, but if he's putting policies into place that are not doing that, yeah, then that needs to be talked about. Well, also that th- needs to be highlighted.
1: Think about this from, from now. We'll, we'll we'll kind of take that and run with it, and, and talk about the the effects on the electorate is think about those 15,000 people. It's not just like they live in a vacuum. They know dozens, if not hundreds of people themselves. And so there there will be a reverberation. There will be an effect, a cause and effect thing that happens here. And think about the states that this is happening in. Ohio, Donald Trump won. Michigan, Donald Trump won and barely. It's one of the states that caused him to win the presidency. These are manufacturing states. These are the Rust Belt states. Uh, this is not going to be good for Donald Trump. And what's so strange about it is everybody knew this was going to happen. Because when you go away from free trade, now he says, yeah, free tra- I'm all about free trade. I'm a total free trader. But it's got to be fair. Sure. Free trade isn't free if it's not fair, if it's, if it's really, truly not free. And, and there's a lot of aspects that Donald Trump is sideways right about related to China and some of these other countries that take advantage, for sure. However, there are ways around making it more fair that don't involve taking out the knees of the auto industry of the United States, that don't involve the unemployment of tens of thousands of people, potentially. But that's he's too dumb Brittany. he's he's a little bit of a dumb guy
0: Mm. are you sure (laughs) because again he did another interview (laughs) with the washington post yeah and they released a transcript this happened on the same day is that the transcript was released from wall street journal yeah yeah. and again reading through this was incredible is it okay if we talk about it really quick yeah okay I, they first of all, I was kind of annoyed by this because they let him at several points, especially in the beginning of the conversation, go off the record. It,
1: I th- I think, is this the one that I've seen the transcript of that you'd like sent me a sc- screenshot of?
0: Possibly. Or is there I, a
1: different one? Is it Josh Dossie or um, proceed? I, I'll uh, I'll figure it out.
0: Okay. <laughs> These are a lot of facts I don't know about. <laughs> So they let him speak off the record a bunch of times and that bothered me, but they eventually got to talking to him about climate change and I'm, I'm going to read his response here, but oh, you're right. Dossie. Uh, so Dossie says, you said yesterday when you were leaving that you were skeptical of a climate change report that the government had done. Can you just explain why you're skeptical of that report? Now, does everyone know about this report that was released
1: yeah, it's doom and gloom. It's it's saying that we are in bad, bad shape.
0: If things don't change.
1: That thousands of people will die by the end of the century, and it will cost uh, hundreds of billions of dollars to the economy.
0: And it was created with how many federal agencies working together?
1: 300 scientists across 13 federal agencies within the Trump administration. These are employees of Donald Trump
0: mm-hmm. who put this report out. Also scientists
1: scientists
0: so here's
1: actual scientists not like ryan zinke who claims to be a geologist just because he took some geology classes in college
0: so but wait donald trump is going to explain but wait there's more yeah (laughs) donald trump is going to explain why he's skeptical of the report Mm. you know um so here we go this is donald trump One of the problems that a lot of people like myself, we have very high levels of intelligence, but we're not necessarily such believers. You look at our air, our water, and it's right now at a record clean. But when you look at China and you look at parts of Asia and when you look at South America and when you look at many other places in this world, including Russia, including just many other places, the air is incredibly dirty. And when you're talking about an atmosphere, oceans, very small, and it blows over and it sails over. I mean, we take thousands of tons of garbage off our beaches all the time that come from Asia. It just flows right down the Pacific. It flows. And we say, where does this come from? And it takes many people to start off with. Number two, if you go back and if you look at the articles, they talk about global freezing. They talk about at some point the planets could freeze to death. Then it's going to die of heat exhaustion. There is movement in the atmosphere. There's no question. As to whether it's man. And whether or not the effects that you're talking about are there, I don't see it. Not nearly like it is. Do you want clean water? Absolutely. Do we want clean air to breathe? Absolutely. The fire in California, where I was, if you looked at the floor, the floor of the fire, they have trees that were fallen. They did no forest management, no forest maintenance. And you can light, you can take a match like this and light a tree trunk when that thing is laying there for more than 14 to 15 months. And it's a massive problem in California. So they try to interrupt him. Because wow! Because what is he talking about? I mean,
1: I, I'm not shocked by that because we've heard this before. But,
0: but by the way, did you get why he's skeptical of the report? Because that was the question. Right? Was there anything directly about the report in there? I mean, he's
1: not talking. He's not trying to convince me of anything. He's no baby. He's talking to that guy.
0: But again, I can't get away from how these conversations happen. They asked him, specifically, can you explain why you're skeptical of that report? Now, a normal person would say here's what their report said, right? Something specific maybe that they read in the report and then take specific issue and with like- And refute it. Right. And yeah. then give evidence against the specific portion of the report or give an example of just a specific portion, something like that. Do, but then he talks about how <laughs> he has a very high level of intelligence.
1: Do, do you think he thinks he's talking smart when he talks, you know, the atmosphere and the flowing and the, and the flows right over and the currents? Do you think he's- in his mind, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm laying some heavy shit on these motherfuckers right now.
0: I, I don't know. I, I think genuinely, possibly, there is a part of Donald Trump that doesn't believe that, but he keeps up the front. But I think it's hard to know because he's 70 years old, right?
1: Okay, let me rephrase. Do you think he thinks he's... Do you think he thinks the people who are listening to him are thinking that it's some heavy-duty... High level intelligence. That's shit. what I'm answering. Oh, okay. Yeah, I
0: don't know because he's 70 years old and his whole life he's been surrounded by people who
1: just tickle are, the balls. Yeah. Are, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes. Are um, <laughs> are I w- I responded yes before really processing what you had said. Um, before I was going to say
1: tongue, but
0: okay. And they just respond like they're enamored by him. Yeah. And that's how he's always been treated, and so he doesn't really need to make an effort to be impressive people have just always been oh it's donald trump he's rich and oh yeah it's like him.
1: everybody laughs at every fucking dumb joke you tell you right. think you're hilarious right because everybody laughs
0: yeah that is correct
1: that was a great point jesse it was jesse i sometimes you blow me away with how poignant your poignancy is Thank you. Thank so, you very much. I appreciate that. But
0: basically, his answer came down to he's very intelligent. He named a lot of countries. He, <laughs> he knows geography. Yeah, he pointed to uh, how the ocean flows. It um, does flow. He yeah. was
1: right, Brittany. Yeah, ocean flows, and that the, the, the Prove planets are going
0: to freeze to death and also die of heat exhaustion. Heat
1: exhaustion.
0: <laughs> a regular Neil deGrasse Tyson over here. It's really impressive. <laughs> very impressive stuff.
1: So anyway, um, I've got other clips here. He Now he's threatening GM. He's actually tasked people within the government to search for subsidies to pull back from. Let me say this. Other than green energy subsidies that we're trying to encourage these companies to use their resources and research and development to get out there. Um, we shouldn't be giving these multi-billion dollar companies fucking welfare in the first place whether it be Ford or GM or any company, Amazon. They don't need hundreds of millions and billions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer money to keep them afloat. If they can't make it work because their business model and uh, enticing customers to, to patronize their business, then we don't need to be in the business of corporate welfare, I guess is my point. Ugh. Stop it. Anyway, let's, let, let's move on to the Robert Mueller stuff. Uh, we were ready, fully ready to come in and talk about the, the the Manafort thing last week when we took our little extended break. And uh, I'm glad we waited. I mean, it, it ended up being serendipitous because all of the Michael Cohen stuff broke. And it's all tying together. And really, Donald Trump now is... I mean, he's being named in the indictments as what? Uh, individual number
0: individual one.
1: Individual number one. So he is in the thick of this. So when this guy told us,
0: Donald Trump,
1: when this baby. guy told us, oh, Donald Trump's not under investigation. Fucking lib, He's not under investigation. Yeah, he is.
0: Is that what he said when the clip went on?
1: No, but <laughs> this, trust me, I deal with this guy on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Hundreds oh. of this guy mm. every day. And for for years now, we've been told Donald Trump is not under investigation. The campaign is not under investigation. Well, let me tell you, Donald Trump's under investigation, and it's closer now than it's ever been. Right now, Donald Trump is over in uh, Buenos Aires, very fucking nervous about what he's going to walk back into when he comes back into the United States, because things aren't looking good for him. Starting with Paul Manafort
6: dramatic turn in the Russia investigation. The special counsel's plea deal with Paul Manafort collapsed overnight as Mueller's team accused Manafort of lying repeatedly to investigators. So did prosecutors lose a star witness? Is Manafort playing for a pardon from President Trump? Those are two of the big questions on the table now. We're going to start out with our Chief Justice correspondent Pierre Thomas, in Washington. Good morning, Pierre.
2: George, good morning. That's right. More intrigue and a dramatic development in the Russia investigation. Paul Manafort is a key government cooperating witness. No more. This morning, special counsel Robert Mueller accusing Paul Manafort of not only refusing to cooperate, but of actually lying to investigators. In a filing with the court overnight, Mueller's prosecutor said Manafort committed federal crimes by lying to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the special counsel's office on a variety of subject matters. Mueller was hoping that Manafort, Trump's former campaign manager, might be able to provide more critical details in his ongoing Russia probe. Manafort was at that infamous Trump Tower meeting where the Russians promised dirt on Hillary Clinton. In a dramatic turnaround in federal court two months ago, Manafort agreed to become a government witness and to plead guilty to conspiracy charges after already having been convicted of tax evasion and bank fraud. But now prosecutors are saying that Manafort should no longer be able to get reduced sentencing for his admissions of guilt, which carries many years in prison for the 69-year-old. Manafort has had a grueling series of confrontations with the special counsel, charged in two separate federal courts on dozens of charges and jailed for allegedly tampering with witnesses. President Trump suggesting that Manafort, who initially went to trial to fight the charges against him, was somehow more noble than other confidants who pled guilty and agreed to cooperate with the special counsel. The day after Manafort was convicted in August, Trump tweeting that his former campaign chairman refused to break and called him a brave man. But less than a month later, Manafort agreed to plead guilty to those conspiracy charges and to cooperate with Mueller. Manafort's attorney said last night in their filing before the court that he had lived up to his cooperation agreement and that he's been truthful since getting his deal. But George Mueller's prosecutors say they will prove in court that Manafort's been lying to them since getting that deal. Some legal experts are already wondering where the Manafort is now holding out for a pardon.
6: Yeah, we'll George. see what evidence they come up with. Okay, Pierre Thanks very much. for big our chief legal analyst, to the on this. So this plea deal collapses overnight. A second possible plea deal with the prosecutors also fell apart yesterday. Jerome Corsi, he's part of this as well. How big a blow is this to the Mueller team?
1: Look, it's never helpful when prospective witnesses go south on you. We don't know exactly what they were going to offer. But what's interesting is how certain they are that Manafort isn't telling them the truth.
6: And they say they're going to be able to document
1: it. Exactly. And that's what's important to remember here is, yes, Manafort could have been a helpful witness. They obviously made a deal with him for a reason. They wanted his cooperation. But the fact that they believe they can now prove that he's not telling them the truth tells you there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there that's documentable. And that's got to be unnerving, I think, uh, both to Manafort and potentially to President Trump. Yeah, because
6: that report, once they put that out, could be a way of showing possible wrongdoing by others in the president's orbit, even if a final report is blocked by the acting attorney general.
0: Also, as of this morning, Friday, November 30th, uh, it was learned that the special counsel's office is considering bringing more criminal charges against Paul Manafort. And that is additional, you mean additional. Yeah. yeah. Did I not say additional? No, you
1: said more. I, I don't know. I It didn't ring in my ear. You're, you're, you're correct. I'm okay. just being dumb. Okay. Also, because I made hot sauce last night.
0: Yeah, you're having a problem right now. And
1: I just rubbed my eye with the non-hot sauce hand. <laughs> with my knife hand, not with my scoop hand. Yeah. And I've got Habanero is all in my eye right now. Oh. So proceed, proceed.
0: Uh, it's hard to concentrate while you're freaking out, but I, yeah, will, I, I will do that. So he, Manafort, is going to be sentenced for conspiracy and witness tampering on March 5th, 2019. So that's something to look forward to. I don't know. And... <laughs> It just came out. Something
1: to look forward to. Uh,
0: the the special counsel's office. Mark your calendars, everybody. Yeah, is going to be turning over evidence backing its claim that Manafort lied to them. Now, this is notable because Manafort's legal team is in contact with President Trump's yeah. legal team, his lawyers. And when the special counsel's office turns over the evidence that they have, it could obviously give that evidence to Manafort's legal team and then potentially in theory also give that information to president Trump's lawyers if they're still in touch yeah and that will give them insight like they were talking about in the clip into what information Robert Mueller actually has to be able to prove that Paul Manafort is lying
1: there's there's a couple different things here one Paul Manafort. I mean, he he might have not not have the greatest lawyers, but they're smart enough to know that they want his cooperation, not for evidence. They're not going to use what he says as evidence. They're going to use what he says in testimony, and he um, as as corroboration of the documentation they already have. It's just adding on. So that's how they know he's lying is because they have the proof whether it be emails or recordings of phone calls or video surveillance, they have him dead to rights, and they just want him to verify, corroborate the evidence they have. Now, that's the problem in my eyes here, is the fact that he's lying knowing that they've got the proof, which makes me question why he's cooperating in it to begin with. And it involves the the playback to the president's team. Mm-hmm. The playback to Donald Trump's team, which gives him a, uh, a, a line in, a live line, right into the secret grand jury proceedings. And that's a problem. Right. But you gotta have enough faith in Robert Mueller to know... That he is not a fucking dumb guy. I've heard all kinds of commentators and people who have known him for years say he he is a, a brilliant tactician at this FBI director, assistant um, director of the Department of Justice. He's he, he's he's not a he's not a dumb guy. He's doing this right. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, he's he's not Donald Trump.
1: Definitely not Donald Trump,
0: which is funny because Donald Trump keeps trying to tango with him by sending off his hateful tweets, attacking him and his team of twelve angry Democrats. Is it twelve angry Democrats? I think it's thirteen now. Oh, okay. And uh, all of those tweets, it's just really embarrassing for Donald Trump because he's he's really. grasping at straws here he's just desperate and he's becoming more desperate and it's fascinating to watch it happen in real time we're all getting a little flavor of what it would have been like to live through the nixon yeah debacle
1: well let me say this one of the reasons we're going to get to the michael cohen here that's two separate sentences. one of the reasons i'm going to pause we're going to get to the michael cohen here in a second but one of the reasons Why I think we've turned a major corner here. This is a day or a series of days, unlike anything we've seen, not only in American history, but also just generally in the Trump era and this investigation, is because... It has been fucking crickets from Republicans.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Usually, they're all over the news, defending, 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 defending. I'm not talking about these surrogates, these people who are involved in the campaign, Mm -hmm. these people who have signed NDA agreements who are kind of obligated to stick up for Trump.
0: Who are the paid commentators on the panel. That's right. I'm
1: talking about leaders in Congress. Yeah. Yeah. Their 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 responses when they do get trapped down in the labyrinth mm-hmm. underneath the Capitol, they're
0: just running. From yeah, our that's right. When they
1: finally do get <laughs> trapped, and they, they it's a very tepid response. Mm-hmm. They're they know the days are numbered here, and I think this is I'm a little a, prognostication. A little bit of a prognostication Ooh. is is once the new Congress gets sworn in, mm-hmm. and it's an it's a Democratic House and a. They're not going to have it like they... Let's put it this way. My thoughts are all over the place because this is happening in real time, everybody. So exciting. Is now that they can't just pass through any fucking agenda that they want relative to tax cuts and and all the bullshit. They're and no longer untouchable. Strip, yeah, stripping away Obamacare. It's not just carte blanche, whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit more cooperative and a little bit more... Um, swayed to reason Mm. and we're seeing it already we're seeing it already with just with the Michael with the Paul Manafort thing but also with the Michael Cohen thing which we'll talk about now I would love to know what everybody else thinks about this I know we do have some pretty strident I don't want to say conspiracy types in the audience but we definitely have some people who um who span the the spectrum of of complete despair that nothing's gonna change that he's gonna get away with it all the way to he's going to go to jail, which I, I don't think is the case. I think ultimately our our, our, our goal should be, I think it's going to end up being resignation. But anyway, this is one of my Donald Trump with this freeform form thought mm-hmm, talk.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, let's get on to this Michael Cohen thing, which was a huge development uh, yesterday. That Michael Cohen has now pleaded guilty.
0: He is the 33rd person Mueller has charged.
1: Yeah. With lying to Congress, you know when you lie about something, it's because you don't want the truth to be known. Mm. And if you wouldn't want the truth to be known, it would be because the truth is damaging. You don't lie about shit you don't
4: need to lie about. What could be a seismic development involving the president and special counsel Robert Mueller. The president's longtime fixer and personal attorney surrounded by cameras today after pleading guilty to lying to Congress in federal court about a proposed Trump Tower in Moscow that was being discussed during the campaign for president. Cohen now entering into a plea agreement with Mueller. The president immediately lashing out, calling Cohen, quote, weak and a liar. The president saying he had every right to pursue his business interests during the campaign. Tonight, what has Michael Cohen told Robert Mueller already? after spending more than 70 hours answering questions from Mueller's team. ABC's Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas leading us off tonight. Michael
2: Cohen, the president's former personal attorney and fixer, swarmed today outside of federal court in lower Manhattan after pleading guilty as part of his bombshell plea deal with Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Mr. Cohen has cooperated. Mr. Cohen will continue to cooperate. Sources tell ABC News Cohen has already spent more than 70 hours talking to Mueller's investigators about the 2016 campaign and President Trump's business ties to Russia. Today, he pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about plans to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Cohen had told lawmakers the Moscow project was abandoned in January 2016. He now says that's not true, that the project did not end until June, deep into the campaign. Cohen now says he briefed the president and members of his family on multiple occasions. I mean, I do the next that, I have month, a lot of candidate Trump that, said this.
6: But I have no relationship to Russia.
2: Cohen now admits he also discussed Trump Tower Moscow in 2016 with top officials in the Russian government. And he planned to visit Moscow that June. According to court documents, he even spoke to a Trump business associate about the possibility of Trump himself traveling to Russia once he becomes the nominee after the convention. That didn't happen. Cohen once said he would take a bullet for Donald Trump. I'm obviously very loyal and very dedicated to Mr. Trump. Today in court, Cohen said he lied to Congress to be consistent with individual one's political message and out of loyalty to individual one. Individual one is President Trump. The president once praised Cohen to the skies, saying he's always respected him.
6: But I always liked Michael. Are you? And he's a good person. Are you...
2: But this was The Furious President today. He's a weak person and not a very smart person. What he's trying to do
6: is end, and it's very simple, he's got himself a big prison sentence and he's trying to get a much lesser prison sentence by making up a story. Very simply, Michael Cohn is lying
4: pierre thomas with us tonight live in washington and pierre you reported there michael cohen has spent more than seventy hours already with robert Mueller's investigators obviously that's a lot of time clearly uh, they talked about more than just plans for trump tower moscow do we know anything more pierre
2: that's right david those seventy plus hours of interviews with investigators covered a wide range of topics including questions about possible obstruction of justice and whether the president discussed
4: pardons david Pierre Thomas leading us off tonight from Washington. Pierre, thank you.
0: So let's talk about what this means and what it doesn't mean. Now, this doesn't mean, okay, that this doesn't prove that members of the campaign of Trump's 2016 campaign coordinated with Russia. But (laughs) according to the documents, the discussions about the Trump Tower in Moscow, that project, the Trump Tower in Moscow, They went on for longer than Michael Cohen had previously told investigators that he had previously indicated. And, and this is important, that Donald Trump was aware of those discussions and the efforts that Michael Cohen was making on behalf of the Trump Tower Moscow project. Yes. So, and that he also told the Trump family
1: about it. And keep in mind, when, when you hear that right there, that he told the Trump family this is a major business deal that would, wouldn't have been illegal. So there, it's not just going to be like we only had spoken conversations about the deal. There are going to be reams of emails back and forth between Don Jr. and Donald Trump and Michael Cohen. There's going to be evidence of their knowledge of the deal.
0: So in Michael Cohen's plea, he said, quote, briefed family members within the company about the project. Now, you remember Donald Trump Jr. testified before the Senate about the Trump Tower Moscow project. that's right. And he said that he wasn't involved. And And, and had
1: no knowledge.
0: And he said, I believe in 2015 that Mr. Sater, Felix Sater, who's also named in the Michael Cohen plea deal. Yeah. um, I believe in 2015 he worked on something to that effect with Michael Cohen. So he's trying to say in 2015... Uh, uh, uh.
1: Listen, <laughs> that's it,
0: not what Michael Cohen is that's saying right. now. And
1: if, and if Michael Cohen is going to be charged for lying to Congress, what makes you think Don Jr. is not also going to have his fate sealed the same way?
0: Well, again, because they're not just going to say that Michael Cohen was lying about the dates unless they have proof that Michael Cohen was lying about yeah. the dates. Right. Yeah. Because why would you plead guilty if you don't think they can prove the allegations that they're making they against you. They for sure
1: can prove.
0: And so if they can prove it, like you said, with these dates about Michael Cohen's lies, Donald Trump Jr., uh-oh. Yeah, and you,
1: Listen, here's the other thing. You don't get to just say, oh, I was mistaken. Nope, you're under oath. They ask you a question. If you give an answer, that's the answer. If you need to refer to notes to give an accurate answer, you do so because it's under
0: penalty of perjury. So Donald Trump Jr. during his testimony was asked, was there ever another effort by Mr. Sater to bring together a development in Moscow? Trump Jr. said, I believe in 2015 he worked on something to that effect with Mike Cohen. Um, Another question. And Mike Cohen is counsel at the Trump organization. Donald Trump Jr. Correct. Question. Tell us about that. How did that? Do you know anything about that deal? Donald Trump Jr. Very little question. Do you have any idea who was the potential counterparty on that deal? So again, they're trying to get to the Russia connection. Donald Trump Jr.'s answer, I don't, know. Question, but it was somebody connected to Felix Sater. Donald Trump Jr., I don't know if they're connected to Felix Sater or if they know Felix. He was involved as a broker. I don't know if he's a principal. I wasn't involved.
1: Right. Well, listen, a year and a half ago or so, we, I'll toot a little horn here, we 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 said Felix Sater was going to be a pivotal part of this investigation going forward relative to the the Russia connection and the money, because he is he is um, thick as thieves with the Russian mob in Brighton Beach, but also going back to Russia. And uh, he he continue, I, I I still maintain he's going to be a major person in this
0: didn't you mix it up with him on twitter (laughs) yeah yeah you're just all over the place with these trump types on twitter you're blocked by trump you're mixing it up with felix sater who's named in the michael cohen plea agreement when
1: you say i mixed it up it's he we've actually had an exchange it's not just me popping off to him no that's what i meant Yeah, yeah yeah anyway yeah yeah we have he's he's a good buddy of mine now
0: no no he's not well he stabbed a guy in the face with
1: a martini glass and went to prison yikes and i i talked about that to him and he's like i did my time and i paid my debt to society you know and then i you know yeah Uh, it's great that you've never made any mistakes he said i don't want to go through the whole thing that's search. a
0: pretty big mistake to stab someone in the face with a martini glass. If, if you
1: glasses. want to see the, the exchange, just search our names on Twitter. Anyway, um, there's another element to this that I want to talk about. And that is the pardon angle here. Because I think it's very clear that Manafort... And then don't don't forget, I want to talk about the WikiLeaks thing too. Because that's really what I think is the most important thing of all of this. But... Uh, Paul Manafort is playing it really close to Donald Trump right now. He's lying to federal investigators. He's putting himself in major legal jeopardy. And why would he do that? If not for the fact that he's letting his lawyers talk to Trump's lawyers. He's, he's, he's colluding with Donald Trump in this investigation. And the only reason I could see that makes any sense at all is because he's vying for a pardon. However, that excuse doesn't make sense to me because he still would face a shit ton of state charges for which Donald Trump cannot pardon him. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Maybe it's just his last ditch effort. It's the only thing that's going to save him. And even that, he thinks, will probably fail too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would love to know what people think about it.
0: Yeah, I... I uh, didn't want to move on from Michael Cohen yet so I'm kind of struggling with how to respond go back to it um, but well I just think we haven't covered enough about it to, yeah talk to, uh, talk uh, it up okay
1: what we do here
0: yeah so the. also
1: we're just getting back we're getting loose we're right. figuring out how to do the job again
0: the documents in the Michael Cohen case uh, we're gonna talk about Michael Cohen again yeah <laughs> I'm <teasing>. um <laughs> They show that investigators have evidence that Trump was in close contact with his people as they were making contact with Russia and WikiLeaks. Yeah. And that they also tried to hide the extent of their communications. So Donald Trump has just been kind of... Talked about as connected to this in a very vague sense that it was his campaign for president. He is the president. These people were working for him. Yeah. He's tried to put distance between him and the people who have already been charged in the Mueller probe, saying that they were just coffee boys and that he doesn't care about them. Right. Turning his back on them as soon as they get in trouble. But what's unique about this now is that he's a central figure in the probe. Donald Trump.
1: He's being named as individual number 1.
0: And legal experts don't know what what's in store for him. There's people that are making predictions, but really no one knows what's going to happen because here. Because
1: of his the immunity from prosecution and executive privilege, all of the all of the benefits that come with being president of the United States. If he was just Joe Schmo, well, he'd be like Manafort right now. He'd be fucking uh, convicted and spending time in jail.
0: Right. But one thing that legal experts can agree on is that it is troubling, that it's not a good place for the president to be. It's not a good place that anyone would would want to be. Yeah. Right. Now, when you played that clip. Donald Trump is now trying to act like he has always been consistent when he talked about this Trump Tower deal in Moscow. Yeah, yeah. That he's... he's,
1: Everybody knew about it.
0: Right. That he's always (laughs) been open about it, that it wouldn't have been a problem anyway, because why can't he do business? He doesn't know if he's going to actually win. He doesn't know if he's going to become president. So why would he put his own personal financial interests in jeopardy? Because he doesn't know what's going to end up happening for his future employment.
1: Can can I can I say this about that? Can I say this about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Mark this moment, though, with Donald Trump finally admitting he didn't know if he was going to win the presidency. That's out of character for Donald Trump. And there's a reason it's out of character, because he's in such jeopardy now that he needs to admit that he wasn't fully sure that he was going to win. That's a big deal. Donald Trump doesn't admit weakness or or even the whiff of not knowing things. Right. Admitting that, well, we weren't sure if we were going to win. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to hedge my bets and have my business deals ready to go. For me, that's a big deal that he's even admitting that. that those words are coming out of his mouth. And it's it's a big enough deal that it it, it signals to me that... The alternative mm-hmm. is a bad a worse deal for him than admitting uh, something that he's not readily used to admitting.
0: Right. And of if that course, makes any
1: fucking sense at all.
0: I think it does. Of course, people are pointing to his previous tweets now to illustrate how he hasn't been consistent about his story for here. Sure. And in July twenty sixteen he tweeted, quote, for the record, I have zero investments in Russia. A day later he claimed, quote, I have nothing to do with Russia. In January twenty seventeen he told a reporter, quote, I have no deals that could happen in Russia because we've stayed away. Now, of course, this contradicts what Michael Cohen said and now his story has changed to presumably the truth since he's been charged with lying
1: again and now again hold that thought it's not just michael cohen saying it and the special counsel and his team taking him for his word they're going to have documentation maybe provided by michael cohen but they have they're going to have this dead to rights and he's only there to corroborate and bolster the claim and the evidence mm-hmm so it's not just liar, piece of shit, Michael Cohen, being taken for his word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not that.
0: Right. Go so ahead. Donald Trump was denying these business deals, these potential business deals with Russia, potential investments in Russia, while the conversations were being had yeah. about putting the Trump Tower there. And according to BuzzFeed... Uh, the Trump organization was going to give Vladimir Putin the $50 million penthouse in Trump Tower. That's
1: right. As an incentive, because you give the the top guy a free, you give it to him, a $50 million penthouse in the building, and it's going to signal to the other oligarchs, oh, hey, we want to be close to Putin, and maybe we should buy there too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a win for Donald Trump.
0: Now, there was this interesting tweet I saw from Susan Hennessy. She's the Lawfare executive editor, a website that does a lot of commentary on legal issues. Yeah, yeah. And she said that Russia's leverage over Trump, given his growing exposure and what it knows about what happened, has never been higher. In short, a hostile foreign power has unprecedented leverage over the president. yeah. This is really the key here, I think, and really the focus. Yeah. And Donald Trump is at the G20 summit right now. He was going to meet with Vladimir Putin. When all of this happened yesterday with Michael Cohen, he said he's no longer going to meet with Vladimir Putin.
1: Oh, I think only after, I think he was still going to do it because he's Donald Trump. He got on Air Force One and I think he was advised, hey man, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Do not meet with him. It's not going to be good if you do that. And then he was coerced, in my opinion, because we don't know the details. Right. He was coerced not, he was convinced not to do it. But hadn't he been, I believe there would have been a meeting. Yeah. Because minutes before he got on, he was saying, oh, yeah, the meeting's on. We're yeah. going to do it.
0: So who knows what's going on, but this is, it, it's starting to really get hairy here. Yeah. And
1: C- can I push back against what Hennessy said? Sure. Certainly, it is a concern that we have a, a president who is um, compromised, who is influencable in this manner by a hostile foreign power, for sure. However, I think it is less of a problem now than maybe it's ever been. Because it is so open, it is so clear what's going on, he can't just act with impunity and deny it because there's so much evidence against him. The other thing is, we have a Democratic Congress right now, That isn't going to allow this kind of shit to go on. Finally, we've got Lindsey Graham acting kind of, again, normal, a little bit normal, where he's not going to be voting for judicial nominees and shit because he's, I'm pissed off about this or that. Again, going back to some of these Republicans are starting to, they're going to start cooperating a little bit. Mm -hmm. So... We still have a system that works and functions because of the fact that we have a divided government now and because of the separation of powers. Now now we finally have a Congress that's going to be acting like a co-equal branch of government, um, exercising its oversight power over the executive. So the 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 very real problem of Vladimir Putin exerting influence um, over Donald Trump, I think, is. Less of a problem than, let's say, six months ago. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, I So I also want to talk about how the FBI raided the offices in Chicago of one of Donald Trump's former attorneys. Yeah,
1: didn't get talked about.
0: Edward Burke. And he worked for Donald Trump... Um, represented him for 12 years in property tax matters in Chicago. So he worked with him for a significant period of time. They went their separate ways this summer, I believe. And it wasn't widely reported, but because it happened on the same day as the Michael Cohen thing, people were connecting this to Mueller.
1: Which we don't know.
0: We don't know. And I have seen a couple of independent media outlets, we'll say, uh, posting this and talking about how it is really big news and this is Mueller and just jumping to conclusions we don't know yet. And I think that's really something that you don't want to do. So we don't know for sure what this is yet. Yes, the FBI raided Trump's former tax attorney.
1: <laughs> yeah, but keep in mind, Donald Trump runs with a bunch of shady, slimy fucks. So it could, it could very well It it, it could be Mueller. It for sure could be. Right. But it also could be countless other things.
0: Right. This guy, Edward Burke, has also been like raided before. He's had problems in the past. Right. So it it could be Mueller, yes. But let's not jump to conclusions and start using this as a piece of evidence um, to talk about how far the investigation has gone. Right,
1: Because keep in mind, all this Cohen stuff started with his taxi medallion business and there being... Um, not above board shit going on there. Mm-hmm. So again, it's these thickest thieves criminals who do things that are not above board. Eventually they get busted.
0: Yeah. So I know you also wanted to talk about the. Guardian reporting about Manafort holding secret talks with Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy, and I listened to a podcast from The Daily about this. How dare you?
1: How dare you? The
0: New York Times reporters were... They felt like they got scooped because they weren't able to break this story, although they haven't been able to verify the story. So, Mm. So various news outlets have been trying to verify it. I... Don't know if they have yet, but according to The Guardian, Donald Trump's former campaign manager Paul Manafort held secret talks with Julian Assange inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London and visited around the time he joined Trump's campaign. Sources have said Manafort went to see Assange in 2013, 2015, and in spring 2016, during the period when he was made a key figure in Trump's push for the White House. In a statement, Manafort denied meeting Assange. He said, quote, I have never met Julian Assange or anyone connected to him. I have never been contacted by anyone connected to WikiLeaks, either directly or indirectly. I have never reached out to Assange or WikiLeaks on any matter, end quote. And you know what they say about Paul Manafort. He's a really honest <laughs> guy <laughs> you can really take him at his word well i was gonna say so i think it's safe to say
1: well we know that's a lie already <laughs> because he's connected he's connected very closely former business partners for years with roger stone
0: who we know yeah
1: is connected to julian assange and wikileaks right so that so line we know that's a lie.
0: that line about having never met anyone connected to him
1: yeah we yes. know that's a fucking lie now the reason this is a big deal is because if it's true,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it's true, it hasn't been secondarily uh, quantified by any other media agencies or outlets. But if it's true, this is a big deal because WikiLeaks was fed its information by the GRU, which is the military arm of Russian intelligence. So this is this is collusion. This is conspiracy to fix an election, to influence an election. At the very least, this is getting something of material worth and can't, from a foreign uh, power in a presidential election, which is also illegal. This is something to follow. Hopefully, it does get corroborated. Yeah. Because keep in mind, if, if reporters are finding out about it now... I've heard media reports that Mueller didn't know about it. Right. But we'll see. This could be the linchpin here. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. It's going to be a good, good time. We would love to know what your thoughts about all of this are. There's so much going on. Reams. We didn't even really scratch the surface of all this stuff because, you know, we don't do five-hour podcasts. So... 657-464-7609. 657-464-7609. We'd love to hear from you about what you think. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at
3: It's
0: the asshole of today. It's a Southwest Airlines clerk. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say Southwest Airlines and I was like, no, it's just this one person. Oh, so, yeah, like that's that's yeah. a good uh, the, the Southwest Airlines distinction clerk in John Wayne Airport here in Orange County, California. She I believe it's a she
1: I think it is a she yeah
0: was mocking a child's name. She even went so far as to put it on Facebook, took a picture of her boarding pass Yeah. And put it on Facebook, and she was making it so clear that she was laughing at this child's name that the mom actually noticed and like turned around and was like, "Hey, I can hear you. If I can hear you, my kid can hear you." Yeah, not cool. um that's kind of aggressive. So the name is pronounced ab city Ab city sure and it is spelled
1: i don't think it's ab city like oh yeah look at my abs Ab city up in the house (laughs) i think it's just it's ab city
0: okay whatever (laughs) uh and this is how it is spelled a b c d e yeah a b c d e
1: so it's the the southwest airlines employee who's the asshole
0: for making fun of the child. For
1: making fun of the child. Okay, yeah. It's a five-year-old yep. child. Yep. No, no, no. I agree. Total asshole. Okay. For sure.
0: Sounds like you have something to say. What is it that you also feel the need to add? I don't
1: know. It just... Why would a parent do that to a kid?
0: Well, apparently she's not the only one. She's not the only ab-city. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. I'm kidding. Uh, the only ab-city. Is that how you say it? I don't know
1: how to say it. It's A, B, C, D, E. How the fuck do I know how it's pronounced?
0: She's not the only one. There are, at minimum, 373 women and girls named Ibsidi in the United States.
1: Named A, B, C, D, E.
0: Probably closer to 400. Yes, there's an annual list of baby names that is published by the Social Security Administration, and you can now use the database to find out how many babies were born in a given year dating back to 1880.
1: So it's currently there's 400, or over the course of 18 between 1880 and now, there's been 400? Because that's a distinction. Currently. Wow. Yeah. Listen.
0: The first mention of the name, I believe... Is 1990 when five newborn girls were given the name. Huh. So there must be something to this, though, that, that caused people to start naming. Well,
1: but think about this, though. Out of 400, 3, 326 million people in the United States, only 400 are named A, B, C, D, E. Let me say this. Absolutely, this woman. Working for Southwest Airlines, who took a photo of the boarding pass, posted it with the full name on social media, laughed at the child's name in front of the child, acted like an asshole. Maybe should lose their job. Likely should lose their job.
0: Southwest won't comment.
1: Total <laughs> asshole, we'll say. However, come on, man. Come on. You're going to name your kid A, B, C, D, E. You're, you're, you're guaranteeing that kid is going to have problems. Is going to, that's an obstacle. Already, you're setting your kid up for it to have an obstacle in life. I'm not saying you have to name your kid Charity or Brittany or, or Sarah or something standard. But A, B, C, D, E. I don't know. I'm not going to go as far as to say the mom is the asshole of today or is even an asshole. But come on, I I just look, maybe maybe it's the the redheaded step, the literal redheaded stepchild in me that's coming out. And it was rough as shit sometimes growing up just having red hair. Can you imagine if my name was ABCDE? And you had red hair, and all the other bullshit, freckles and red hair. I don't know. I just I, I, I always bum out, like when people name their kids like Jeff Jefferson, mm-hmm. William Williamson. Like, what are you doing?
0: I really hope there's a Jeff Jefferson,
1: Well what? You know what I mean? Like a, a Brad Bradford.
0: I, it just. That seems fine. I don't understand what the problem is. It's two first... Your first name
1: is the same as your last name.
0: Yeah. That, it's a lot of feelings that you... I, okay, yeah. It's yes. weird. So you yes. went through so life have-
1: just totally... No teasing at all. You never got fucked with, huh? Because of my name? No. I'm saying there's enough ammunition from children to fuck with one another and bully one another no. and
0: torture
1: one another. I get Why it. Why add another element that's so easy to fucking pin on?
0: I get it i get it i do very upset about Yeah, you're you're just you're very upset about it (laughs) um yeah we'll see what happens well maybe all the a b c d e's will get together and have a support group it's just an idea i don't know based on your reaction i don't know (laughs) trying to help
3: Hmm.
0: yeah Taken care of biz. Payless shoes. Payless
1: shoes. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I thought I was waiting for Payless Shoe Store, but it is Payless Shoes.
0: Yeah, uh, you know that place where you can buy like shoes for really cheap. Yeah, that store. They played a prank on people that was epic and we're gonna hear about it now behold palesi we built a fake luxury store in los angeles and filled it with pay shoes the guests
5: at our grand opening party had no idea guests invited to check out what looked like a luxury shoe shop they're elegant sophisticated i just think it's so classy
3: and
6: i could tell it was made with high quality material
5: a 35 dollar shoe going for 645 dollars an 1,800% markup. Store owners sat on their heels as fashion influencers emptied their wallets.
0: I would pay 400, 500,
5: yeah. People are gonna be like, where'd you get those? Those are amazing. Then they're let in on the prank. These are actually from Payless. You've got to be kidding me. Shut up. Are you serious? But those shoppers were refunded their money and they got to keep the shoes. David Payless calling it a provocative social experiment designed to challenge today's image-conscious culture. Either way, it was an effective PR stunt.
0: So I love this because I feel like the culture right now with like people on Instagram... Yeah. like I can't imagine being a teenage girl with Instagram... And the celebrities on Instagram and the Kardashians, and everyone acting like they take gummy bears to make their hair look the way that they do when they're paying. Is that a thing? Maybe thousands of dollars a month to get their hair colored and cut and treated.
1: Is, Is that a
0: thing? Oh, yeah. The gummy bear thing? Yeah, sugar bear hair is what it's called. Wow. And all these celebrities act like they take gummy bears to make their hair look the way that they wow. do. Wow. It's like when you see Gwen Stefani in a Garnier hair box dye commercial. Yeah. <laughs> like, you always... Yeah, Gwen Stefani has been dyeing her brown hair platinum blonde from a box that costs $5 at the grocery store. You, no, she does not.
1: You've really turned me on to understanding a little bit more about, like, makeup. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't... I don't fucking know makeup. Mm-hmm. But, like, what, what's the... like Revlon... Is that the? That's one of them. Yeah,
0: a hair. Yeah.
1: Oh no. Well, what's the the makeup that's like the
0: Revlon does makeup too. Yeah. Uh,
1: but there's like these celebrities mm-hmm. like like Sofia Vergara who whatever she reps. Yeah. And it's you're like come on, there's no chance or or whatever the cheap ass lotion that smells like plastic that uh, that J- Jennifer Aniston does commercials for.
0: Yeah, a Vino. So, yeah, like yeah. like Jennifer Aniston's using a Vino, please. <laughs> Yeah, it gets really frustrating, and so uh, there's a lot of push to have luxury items and look like you look like a Kardashian, and really, you can just buy shoes. They're just shoes, and they'll Payless has shoes that look perfectly fine. Well, it
1: really is. I I mean, I bristled when they said we it was a thought experiment, but it really is kind of a. Hopefully they do make a little bit of headway here and making people think about the shit that they buy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That if you're really going for the look of something, yeah, gives a fuck what the name is on it? Right. If it looks like something that you would, oh, high quality materials, oh, this is super, I'd pay $600 for this pair of tennis shoes. Yeah, I don't... Well, who pays $600 for tennis shoes in the first place?
0: Well, as you know... I had the same pair of tennis shoes up until like three years ago that I had when I was like 15. I just kept them because they were fine. And uh,
1: because you preemptively avoided buyer's remorse, because if you ever, when you buy anything, you want to return it right away.
0: Yeah. So this is, this is, and I will say this I know this is the poor kid in me that is talking (laughs) and it's still with me, it's inside. But, I I really don't understand it, and so maybe I would understand it if I understand what paying a lot of money for these items. Oh yeah, yeah. But I really I don't I don't understand it, and I I wear the same kinds of clothes until they have holes in them, and then I yeah. get new ones. But if they don't have holes, then I like continue to wear them, and <laughs> will wear sure. them forever. Look,
1: look at this t-shirt I have on right now. Seriously. It has a giant hole in it. I, I'm um I'm the same way. Like I. The shoes I have now, those bright orange Nike Free Run, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got those on sale for like eighty five bucks. I don't. I don't think I could bring myself to pay more than a hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. That's the other thing. I... Not not dress shoes, but tennis shoes.
0: Yes, this is the other thing about being a poor kid, though. Is I never buy anything full price. Like I have gone shopping with people at the mall and they'll buy things in the store. And I'm like, what the hell? This store currently has a sale. You could get this 40% off online free shipping. Like I can track you down coupons. Like just go in... (laughs) You know what I mean? I never. Of course I know what you mean. I never pay full I price for I spend a lot of time with you. And then I even, I'll point to things in the store, like I'll pick something up, and in my head, I automatically calculate a price I'm willing to pay for it. Oh,
1: this is a thing.
0: And then if I flip it over and it says something higher than the price, which it, 90% of the time it does. I put, 99%? I put it down because no, that's not the price that I would pay for that.
1: <laughs> right now, there's this cereal that Brittany's probably not gonna get because we started doing oh, the show.
0: Oh, I forgot.
1: by a By a chef named Dom Dominique Ansel.
0: Yeah, he invented the Crona. He
1: invented the Crona. Anyway, he does this custom artisan like ser- breakfast cereal, yeah, Christmas
0: morning cereal.
1: And Brittany's trying to get a box of it, and she asked me last night <laughs> how much it would be too much to spend on this artisan cereal. Yeah. And I gave an amount, and then there was a deep sigh, and she said, oh, good. It's less than that.
0: Yeah, but I, I still don't know if I'm going to get it, because it's still a lot for a freaking It always box sells out. You already
1: missed the boat.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll happen next Friday, and I can oh. I cannot act because I'm overwhelmed with guilt over <laughs> buying it. Uh, but no, I will say, so some people just have different priorities, and this is going on a little bit long, but we'll keep talking. Um, my priorities are not clothes. So that's not a priority for me. My priority is like food and uh, memories, good times. Yeah, good times. So if I go to a restaurant, I'm totally willing to pay more money for food than I would something else. And this has actually always been the case. That's I, an
1: interesting point.
0: I used to go to the mall with my friends when I was a teenager. I'm talking like 13. And I would have like a $20 bill from babysitting. And my friend would like buy a sweatshirt or whatever, buy a shirt from Hollister. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to see you in the food court. I'd go get myself a bread bowl with clam chowder and a giant cinnamon roll. And I would be eating my... <laughs> my bread bowl and my cinnamon roll and my, my $20 was gone. I'm like, but I don't want to buy anything. I want to eat this delicious food. Yeah. So it's, it's always been a, always an unfortunate feature. That That's not unfortunate. I think that's great. Yeah, but
1: wonderful.
0: But so what I'm saying is trying pe- to wrap here. These people might judge me for spending money on food while I'm, Having feelings about them spending this money, this much money on fashion items
1: at Palissy.
0: We all have different priorities. So
1: there you go, an asshole of today, and a taking care of biz. Good times had by all, everybody. Uh huh. Wacky Morton Zoo here. Uh, we're gonna leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We want to hear from you. We really do. Uh, we kind of had to clear the bench on the listener communication because it's been so long since we've done a regular episode it was before the thanksgiving episode the other thing we want to say is thank you guys so much for participating in the 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 thanksgiving episode for sure we it was uh the longest set of listener submissions we've ever had that was the fifth annual this year and it was if you haven't caught the episode it's not just for Thanksgiving. It really does give you an opportunity to think about things that you're thankful for. I'm giving a commercial for it, but uh, <laughs> things that you're thankful for that, or that you're not thankful for that maybe you should be, or that you you overlook and that you don't that you take for granted. So, um, thanks to everybody. We we love you guys. Thank you for giving us the leeway to take a few days off and recuperate from both the holidays and also Brittany being briefly sick. You guys are the best. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.
0: Okay. These are a lot of facts I don't know about. (laughs) (laughs)